Well, the real reason I'm here is not for you to listen to me talk a little bit later. The real reason is because you have amongst you an extraordinary religious professional. Susan Caldwell, yes, Susan Caldwell, your director of religious education, won this year the Norma Veriden Memorial Award. And I'm going to read you what her certificate says. In consideration of her outstanding professionalism, creativity, and passion as a professional liberal religious educator, for exemplary and inspirational service as director of religious education for All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church of Shreveport, Louisiana, for her leadership as member and chair on the Southwestern UU Conference Religious Education Committee, for her commitment to the future of our faith through her service to children and youth, for nurturing the work of other religious educators and youth advisors as a mentor and a role model, for her service to other congregations through trainings and consultations, for her service to the community through her interfaith work, and for her visionary leadership, Susan Kelly Caldwell is given the 2011 Reverend Norma Veriden Memorial Award for a liberal religious educator who has provided distinguished service to the Southwest community. keep this award in your church to show everybody who comes for one year. We need it back in April (laughs) for the next winter, but you all get to keep this here for yourselves. And then she has this for her own office. So thank you guys for sharing Susan with the district. Well, Meister Eckhart said, if you only say thank you, that is enough. I just want to say a little bit more than that. (laughs) First of all, part of my service to the district, one of the best parts is working with this woman right here who works so hard for you. She and Susan Smith, I don't know if you realize that their district, I think, is is it the largest geographically or maybe the next to largest, second largest um, district geographically in the that they're always all over the place. And if you ever get a chance to visit the palatial offices of uh, the district in Fort Worth, trust me, they are not spending any of your money on frills. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like Red River Radio, you know, when you go there in the, in the T building. It's not quite, it's, but it's a, it's a strip mall little office, and they do so much for us. And I just want us to be able to tell you how much we appreciate you. And I, how much I appreciate all of you, and I'm going to stop talking because I didn't write any of this down, and it'll just get, you know, not pretty, but, <laughs> but <laughs> thank you. When I was thinking about what to talk with you about today... Susan was letting me know that this was going to be a 
an awards day at your church that it wasn't just she that was getting an award. And I was thinking about how nice it is to be recognized for something that you do and that you do well. Whether it is something that you've worked for where you have an end goal in sight, like a medal, or you're just doing what you love because you love to do it and you do it really well and someone recognizes that, as we do with Susan. And it got me thinking about what we do, our our motivations as Unitarian Universalists, and for myself, what motivates me. Because when I was a little girl, growing up in the 70s, I was a total gold star kid. I got gold stars at church for coming to Sunday school. I got gold stars at home for doing my chores and practicing my instruments. I got gold stars at school for being a good girl because I'm a firstborn. That's what we do. There were charts everywhere. And those little foil stars really did motivate me. In fact, I became driven and eventually pretty competitive. I excelled at a few things and pretty much stuck to them, though. Mostly school, working with kids, dancing, because I knew I could get gold stars for those. I was really only comfortable doing things I knew I could excel at right from the get-go. No practice needed. So I didn't take a lot of chances as a kid. I never tried a new instrument after piano and guitar. I never really sang outside in public unless it was for a play. I never learned to draw. I never learned how to play tennis. And while I did come to love to learn, I think it might have been in spite of that reward system that I was a part of. In a way, we live in a gold star world, though, don't we? Maybe we don't get gold stars anymore, but if we do what we're supposed to do, if we are good boys and girls, if we get our reports written, our quotas met, our tables bust, our classes taught, our sales increased, our children raised, or whatever it is, there should be a reward, right? A bonus, more vacation time, prestige, tenure, an empty nest, keeping your job in this economy, something. But I've been wondering lately, I wonder if this perpetuates us in us the idea that you get what you deserve. So by correlation, if you are somehow downtrodden or poor or bad things are happening to you, this is somehow your fault. You're not trying hard enough. You didn't get the gold star. Now, I'm well aware that Unitarian Universalism does not teach that to be true, but if that is what is a part of the society that we live in, it's got to get into our psyche somehow. My gold stars growing up were very motivational for a long time. I liked being the best and the brightest. 
I liked having the most stars on the chart. I liked the adults in my life being proud of me. And it didn't take much to motivate me. I didn't get money for my grades or for doing my chores. The stars didn't add up for me to win a prize at the end, like the parenting books tell us to do now. We would go out to dinner for good report cards occasionally, but that was with my lame family. My rewards, compared to what I'm seeing today, were nothing. There are kids in my kids' classes who get $100 for every A on their report card. There are grown-ups in my life who get $30,000 bonuses for selling the most grommets in their company. Unfortunately for my children, they do not get paid for grades. Good grades are expected. I've put them in applied learning schools, which do not teach to the test, as so many Texas schools do, with the hope that they, too, will come to love learning. And they help out around the house because that's what family members do here. And in my house, surprisingly, we don't even have any charts with gold stars, mostly because I'm really not that organized, but also (laughs) because I'm trying to foster in my kids the sense of belonging to the world and the responsibilities entailed therein. In other words, when asked, why do I have to do that? I say, because it's the right thing to do. And I say that a lot. But really, who says it's the right thing? Me? The law? Our community? Society? The church? God? In my experience, while those kids who are paid do get the A's, they don't remember much of what they've learned. They pass all the tests, memorizing just what they need to, but are rarely asked to use critical thinking skills if they even have them. Adults do this too. We learn just what we need to know for the job, but no more. Where is our love of learning, of trying to understand mathematical and scientific and scientific? scientific principles because we find it interesting. Where does our motivation come from? Maybe I should bring back the gold star system. I had an interesting conversation a while back with my cousin. She, like most of my family, became a fundamentalist Christian as a young adult. But she has recently begun questioning her faith. I spent an hour or so explaining my own journey to Unitarian Universalism. And she was sort of, but not really, interested in maybe going to one of our churches in her area. When I questioned what held her back, she asked, why not just be bad all the time if you have no God to tell you what you can and can't do? Are people there just awful? This faith sounded to her like more than she could handle. She needs concrete boundaries we are not willing or have not bothered to set. She has been told her whole life, and she believes that she is a bad person. 
and without strict boundaries, she's not sure she can trust herself. I explained that we are some of the best, most moral people I know. We act morally because it's the right thing to do, not because someone else is telling us we must, God or otherwise. Isn't that freeing? No, she said. It's scary. She and her faith development is in a stage where she needs something from wherever she lands that we are not able to give her. This reminds me so much of how we treat our middle and high school youth coming through our programs. Just at the age where our kids are looking for concrete answers from our faith, we start showing them all the concrete answers from every other faith. We take black and white thinkers in middle school and expose them to every other religion but our own, rather than give them the recipe to be a good Unitarian Universalist, with the expectation that they will remain Unitarian Universalist as adults. And we don't tell them what it means to be a UU. Then, after doing that, then we can expose them to other religions as their brains become able to process more abstract data. But we do this not only in cognitive development, we do this in faith development. So as a Unitarian Universalist, no one is the boss of me. Nobody can tell me what to do or how to act. There's no deity in the sky laying down moral laws. Maybe so. But there are certainly times in Unitarian Universalist congregations when we carry this too far. There are times when I wish we would say more often, no, no, we don't do that here. There must be a balance, and we far too often lean toward the good of the individual over the good of the community. And that is not good for a faith community. But my larger question is this. Does our faith carry enough authority in and of itself to serve as an ethical compass? And if so, for whom? Those of us who are enlightened, enlightened enough to have found this as our spiritual home? Enough for those who are lost and confused and wondering how to live without their moral compass being from God or Allah or the Bible. In most religions, one knows fairly early on what it means to be a good whatever, Christian, Muslim, Jew, what it takes to personally live up to the expectations set by their religion of origin. The rules are set down in holy books, scripture, and oral tradition, explained in great detail by, detail by leaders imbued with the moral authority to interpret the word of God. Now, unfortunately, leaving the word of God up to interpretation can cause problems, especially if you are at all different from those given the power to interpret. We know that. But Unitarian Universalists, some ministers and leaders included, tend to just debunk how others interpret religious texts 
and the word of God without doing the hard work of reinterpreting or even inventing out of whole cloth what it means to be a good Unitarian Universalist. So obviously I'm not sure that the whole gold star system works. It definitely has its drawbacks. Do we follow the rules to get the prize or because it's the right thing to do? But assuming for a moment that the gold star system is something we can work with, what would it mean to be a gold star Unitarian Universalist? And could an entire UU community get in on that action? So this is my top ten list for a gold star UU. And no, not even I am there yet. But we, have asp- we need to have aspirations to grow. So one, this person is grounded in our faith. Beyond knowing the principles and purposes, which are all well and good, but they're not what we are. They've explored our theology. They understand where we are in the scheme of the things in in the world today, theologically. They're grounded in our faith. Number two, this person is able to and does teach the faith. From our very beginning, from our very beginning, we have agreed amongst each other that our elders are to teach the faith. Our elders are those who know this religion. So, that does not mean the parents that are bringing their children here who have never stepped foot in a UU church or have only been here a year and don't know anything about Unitarian Universalism themselves should be the ones that are teaching the children. This means that if you, you, have been here 5, 10, 50 years, you are the ones responsible for teaching the faith or it will be lost. And not only to the children, not only to the youth, but to the new people that come in the door that don't know anything about it. And I don't care if your children are grown and gone and you've done your duty. You're still here. You're still part of the community. And I don't care if you never had children. You're still here. You're still part of the community, and so are they. It is your responsibility to teach this faith. Three, this person is able to and does do deacon work when needed in a healthy manner. Every church needs leaders to do the deacon work, to be on boards of trustees, to do committee work, to be on task forces. And we need you to be healthy in the way that you carry out those relationships. Number four, this person is evangelical about this faith. Yes, I said it. Evangelical. To evangelize means to tell the good news. We have good news, people. We have good news, and people need to hear it. Telling your friends and bringing your friends and being proud of your faith, this is important. Number five, 
This person is welcoming to others in the broadest sense, radically hospitable. That means that Sunday mornings are not spent only yammering with your friends. It is making new friends and making sure that people who come in the door understand that they are loved and welcomed for who and what they are at that very moment. And that is hard to do when you love the people around you. Number six, this person is a good steward. I heard you say, Barbara, that next week is the beginning of your stewardship campaign. And we all know that it doesn't just mean money. It's time, it's heart, and it's money. But this Gold Star Unitarian Universalist gives all of those things with a free and glad heart until it hurts, even just a little. did not have to hurt a lot. But that's when you know you are committed to these people, to this place, to this faith. Number seven, this person is aware of Unitarian Universalism. Big U's. Not just Unitarian Universalism and Shreveport in the only church in Shreveport, Louisiana. There's a big, broad world out there of Unitarian Universalists. And it's important to know and be in conversation with our brothers and sisters. Number eight, this person works to change the world through the church. We got any Sierra Club members here? World Wildlife Fund? Now. All of those. Yeah. We do a great job of spreading our resources out to the community, and I'm not saying stop that. But I am saying that we can do more together than we can do apart. There are churches in this country, UU churches, who are completely committed to this. First Church in Portland, Oregon, they are known as the conscience of Portland. Now they're big. There are over a thousand members. But there's a church in Florida that has less than 50 members that you ask anybody in town about that church, and they say, oh, that's the church that gets things done. Because they go en masse to wherever they're needed, in their t-shirts, with their signs, and they do the work in the community to make it better. And they're known everywhere in that town as the church that gets things done. We can do more together than we can apart. Number nine, this person lives by example. Unitarian Universalism is embodied in everything that they do. And number ten, this person continues to learn. Revelation is not sealed, my friends. As James Luther Adams tells us, we have more to learn in this world. We do not have all of the answers, and it is not all done 
in worship on Sunday morning for one hour. Now, I have a whole bunch of other things, a top 15 list, for what would make a Gold Star congregation. But I believe that I am out of time. So if you're interested, I will give that to you. But I'm sure that each of you could get at least a couple of the gold stars from my list. And I know for a fact that this congregation deserves some of the gold stars from the list I didn't tell you about. What do you personally want to work on for your next gold star? And what do you want this community to work on together? And why should we set such high expectations and try to meet them? Say it with me, because it's the right thing to do. Amen.